What's up, Internet? Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Animated Gamers Podcast, where anime and game nerds collide. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, it's your boy, Cliff the Shadowcaster, and I have two great co-hosts with me. First up, we have... Hey, it's David here, a.k.a. Foxtail. And rounding out the cast, we have... Ronnie G, the Medicine Man. All right, guys. Thanks. Like I said, thanks for joining us today. We're all dealing with uh, staying in the house. So what better thing to do is to think about nostalgia, some of the things we grew up with. So we're going to talk about one of the lost consoles, which would be the Sega Dreamcast. Now, at the time when it came out, I was really excited to see this because I was a huge Sonic fan. Still is. Sadly, still is. I mean, if they made some more good games, I mean, I would. I find myself playing Sonic Adventure multiple times. But anyways... That's going to be the focus of today's episode. All things Sega Dreamcast. So what worked, what didn't work, and what we'd like to see in future consoles. And maybe see a, a resurgence of Sega uh, in the near future. Alright, so do you think gamers gave this a fair shot when it came out? Um, I don't believe so. Because I think this came out in 98 in Japan and 99 in America. And at the time, Sony just had a grasp on the gaming community because it was a n64 i believe and then it was a playstation one then it was a dreamcast and like if you were to go to school and talk about the dreamcast instead of the ps1 you were like nuts this was like the black sheep of the gaming consoles at the time um and then you also have to like realize that sega's past leading up to the dreamcast wasn't great at all they flopped. The only game, good gaming console before the Dreamcast, well, I consider the Dreamcast a good gaming console, even though it didn't do well. But the only good console they had before then was actually my first console was Sega Genesis. But like other than that, they Sega. Had the, they had the Sega Saturn, which flopped. And I don't know if you guys even remember this, the Game Gear. It was like a Game Boy. Yeah. It, it looked like a Game that. Boy Advance, but it was like five times freaking bigger. And this was a fun fun fact. Is, bro. Fun I fact. had a game like gear. $300. Yep, right. me too. I had a game gear. And the craziest thing about the game gear, it needed eight double A batteries, dog. Bro. Eight double A batteries. <laughs> the first thick boy. Like this show was crazy. <laughs> this Joe had four remotes on each side of four four batteries on each side of the freaking console. One where the D-pad was, and four more where the control the buttons were. That shit was nuts. And fun story though, my dad used to work for the airport and he found one at the airport, so that's how I got mine. Um so, like, they had no consumer trust at the time. because found the, it. <laughs> they had no consumer yeah. trust at the time. So, that's why, like, people weren't gravitating towards the Dreamcast. And also, real quick, I don't know about you guys, but I do not remember seeing any advertisement for this on TV at all, if any. I remember, the, I remember how I came across the Dreamcast. My older brother just walked in one day with the Dreamcast. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then, like, we put it on, we played it, and obviously fell in love with it. And another sleeping, um, a sleeping fact that not too many people probably really know, it had no DVD player in it. And this is at the time where DVD was gaining momentum, and it just lacked the DVD player. So a few years later, when the next wave of consoles came out, and it had a DVD player with it, it was just pretty much the beginning of the end for, like, uh, Dreamcast. Because it was just a console for solely gaming when PS2, Xbox, and all that came out. It was it had a DVD player in it, and it had like multiple things in it. So that was just pretty much the downward spiral of that. Uh, also, fanboying was a big thing. Like I said, PlayStation was so was so up there compared to Dreamcast. So PS One just had more loyal fans, and no one was willing to branch off and try a new system. 
So that's what I think actually happened to the Dreamcast, but obviously I'm sure there's more to it. I think, uh, I mean, I think, uh, I don't think, I don't know if they communicated a fair shot. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's fair to say. I mean, I, I, I think the advertisement played a big part of it. I remember this is watching X-Play. And for you younger people don't know X-Play, please Google that or YouTube that. That um, was basically what YouTube is now. Like, it yeah, was all yeah. the gaming networks, the Let's Plays, the uh, the reviews was all on one channel. Yep, all there. And on an actual physical channel. Like, you had to watch it on TV, people. But uh, YouTube killed it. But um, I remember they did, uh, they did like, a small little, I guess, episode on it. And I remember advertising was one of the things about it. Like, people just wasn't interested in it in general. But they wasn't advertising. They had a shortage of a uh, console, if I'm not mistaken. They had, like... They shipped like a million or something like that, but it had demand for like three and a half million, and they never really met the demand for whatever reasons. I don't remember or even know. But as as far as it not doing well and were people not giving it a chance, I mean, I I didn't know it really was coming out, but my mom is a huge Sonic fan, and that's actually how I got it because she bought it for the house. But you know, obviously, I I'm going to play it all the time, so that's actually how I came by. I didn't even ask for it for Christmas. I was still playing the sixty four. I was still playing Banjo Kazooie, Mario, Mario Kart, <laughs> Mario Party, which was like one of my favorite games. That I, that game is one of the most funnest games of all time. Um, it definitely was one of the first um, of us to to use the the DVD drive. So I'm thinking of Sega Saturn. So my cousin had a Sega Saturn. I can't can never forget that. For some reason, it was in like the dining room, and the TV was up on the refrigerator, and we used to play like uh, Sega Saturn there. And I didn't find out until the Dreamcast, like Ron said, was from G4. I didn't get one physically. So there was like this little racket that we had at school. And people would like buy and sell Dreamcast consoles. <laughs> and I remember I would always have about two or three in my house at once. Always. Um, like I would like take the, the guts off of it or out of it and then re- repaint the, the, the controllers and the actual console itself. So, yeah, I... I, I Definitely manufactured and sold more than I actually played the Dreamcast. Yeah, which which uh, I think is crazy that pe- like I heard a bunch of stories. Like when I was a kid, I had a friend his name was Markel, and he actually he actually had a couple of them because his older brother would just buy them from people too because people would be selling them dirt cheap. Right. And and I think I think I think we checked we checked this yesterday or today that it was two hundred dollars, and. When it when it released was two hundred dollars, which is crazy to think like today, because obviously consoles are four or five hundred dollars, and the PlayStation and the Xbox came out a hundred dollars more. I think the N sixty four when it first came out, I actually think that was more than two hundred dollars. So that it was a CD ROM console ahead of its time, cheap as I don't know what. Like if you do inflation at two hundred dollars of what it cost in, that's probably like that's probably like four twenty right now, and that's just off the top of my head with seven percent inflation. So. I, I, it's hard to say why it didn't succeed. I don't know why it didn't resonate with gamers. Like it had exclusives, not maybe not the exclusives you want. I mean, this its console seller was was Sonic. Like, is that enough people? And it's open world Sonic, which yeah. I loved it. I don't care nobody say that demonstration of showing you rat doing that wrap around collecting the rings with the well in the background. I was like, yes, Lord, give me more. Another thing, like what could have what could have hurt it, like it was probably ahead of his time at the moment, so people weren't like people used to this. Probably scared yeah. of it. It had like the memory card. Remember the memory card was like I love that interact card. with it. Yeah. I love it. I think it was like the bad reception that it got from Sega Saturn because, as I said, that was like it came out the same year as the PS One. So right. they kind of missed a whole generation of consoles because it was the in sixty four, which was still using the cartridge. 
the PlayStation, Atari Jaguar is considered this because that came out in 93. Right. And looking at these numbers now, I cannot believe PlayStation and Sega Saturn, they all came out in 95. Right, right, right. I think, I think, and this is this is probably a stretch, but I think the one thing that turned people off who actually bought it, besides probably the lack of games, because I think I think it came out like in November or December. I don't know. Quote me on that. But I don't think it had any other games besides the first party until like April of that that next year. But I think one of the problems was the controller. I think people just absolutely hated right. that controller. And I think I think that was so bothersome for people to play PlayStation or even play 64 and get used to those. Like, look how the controllers look now. They're emulated after the PlayStation because right. that's just a more comfortable hold. So I think that was a big hindrance on the Dreamcast. You'd be back. surprised how much that influences people because if you take a look at the, the Dreamcast or the um, N64 controller, that was really odd. And you had to play it like you hold the middle piece and then the left right. piece or the middle right. piece and the right piece, depending on which game you're playing. Right. This controller looks is huge, and remember the Xbox, the first controller, the Duke. Yeah, complain like, about that. Yeah, because I feel so like yeah, that could definitely turn people off too. People got small hands. I mean, I didn't have yeah. a problem. With I it. have a yeah, I <laughs> have a problem. I was about to say that. I had a problem with that Xbox. Controller. Yeah, the Xbox remote looked a lot like the Dreamcast remote. So like they kind of like took bits and pieces mm-hmm. from that remote. Another thing that kind of hindered the Dreamcast, I think. Remember, this was like ninety eight, ninety nine. You know what was coming into its own as like pretty much a gaming system. Well, not just a system, but the PC. The PC was coming on its own around that time, so people were able to use the computer for all its features. Then also now it just started Diablo, bro. Yep, it started introducing gaming to it. So now you can do just you can do more than just game with uh, the PC. You can do many things with that compared to the Dreamcast, where it's just solely for gaming. The Dreamcast tried to do online. Remember they uh, in the first PS2. So I definitely feel you on that. They, I, I really do want to give credit to Dreamcast. Like they were like some of the. Like the first people to really put them themselves Dude, out there, yeah, and all were, the other consoles kind of built upon their right, mistakes. exactly, exactly. I was about to say they they seen how everything was going to go, and they put out and they try to beat everybody to the market. And I think the problem is that they try to they push it out too fast because if I I, I can't remember like word for word from the exploit episode, but I remember them talking about like it didn't have any like games, it didn't have any game, it didn't get a game for like five months because apparently the developers it was new technology and they know how to use it. So now for all we know, those technology those uh companies with the new technology learned everything they could learn from Dreamcast, and then when the PlayStation announced they was going to uh, drop their shit, and then they probably gave all the devs you know a prototype. They knew what they were doing now because they already seen this kind. Of technology from the dreamcast so who knows how much that played a part in it also yeah i heard they had a problem with this sega saturn games too because like you said they sent out these kits months before so the developers can start to build products based on it and if it's a new infrastructure just taking off experience i can only think of the sonic game some fighting games and sports games being on sega's uh, on the dreamcast i can't even ready to rumble ready to rumble right it was just a specific type of game. They, I don't think they sold nearly as many games uh, or unique games as the other consoles. One, I was only one I could really think of if you guys wanted to get into the games. But um, also as far as the the console itself, I also I also remember, I just, it just popped in my head, I remember this, uh, one of the topics that they talked about in the X-Play episode was that it got showed at the E3 in June, right? And mm-hmm. then, and they said, oh yeah, we're releasing this console in November. Like, just like that. Like, they showed that E3 was like, yeah, it's going to be out in six months. Mm-hmm. Of course, that probably had consumers hyped up, but people didn't have any time to, you know, even digest it. No rumors, no nothing. It just They just dropped the bomb on everybody. Just like that. Right. Even when they did the, the initial release in Japan, they did the same thing. It was just like, 
hey, it's coming out now. So and who knows have, how that hurt? They did have some uh, some great titles in there for sure. Definitely the franchises, like we mentioned, Sonic Adventure. I play that pretty much every couple years. I played it on 360. I played it on Xbox One. I played it on Dreamcast, of course. Um, are there any other games that you guys want to want to highlight that really stands out, even to this day, as really good uh, Dreamcast titles? Um, I was introduced to Crazy Taxi on Dreamcast. That was my shit growing Crazy up. Crazy Taxi. That was yeah. so good. That was so good. Not to mention the soundtrack was pretty good too. If we piggybacking off of the last episode. But, dude, I would just, like, drive all over the place. You would have to pick these people up and literally get them there as fast as you can. No matter what way you take. You could drive on the pavement. You could drive off a bridge. You could drive <laughs> off a ramp. You could drive up a ramp doing backflips. That shit was nuts, man. I used to play that game all the time. Jack GTA style, just, like, driving around, just hitting people, man. That's, like, one of my favorite games on there. Another game, another game, real quick, is uh, Soul Calibur. That game was so good yep. for, like, its time. And then the graphics yeah. on the Dreamcast just made it so much better. Like, Soul dude, Calibur. you're telling me, yeah. <laughs> Soul Calibur was one of those games that like actually survived the Dreamcast like um, failure. Yeah. Um, it went on the PlayStation Three. It's on the Xbox now. It's pretty much everywhere now. I think they're like up to Soul Calibur. I mean, that's because Microsoft bought it. Though. Microsoft bought Sega. That's why. Yep. And um, so yeah, it's like on the newer consoles now. And uh, NBA 2K was introduced on the Dreamcast. And then obviously we all know how that went on to be a huge success. But if it wasn't for the Dreamcast, who knows where NBA 2K would yep. be right now. And um, mm-hmm. piggybacking off a of cliff, what he just said about them starting online features. Y'all remember Fantasy Star Online? I do, actually. Yeah, yeah it got kicked off. I on do, the, actually. It got kicked off on the, um, on the Dreamcast. And for me... It's out now on the Xbox One and PS4. Yep. yep. This was yeah, basically, they actually just released a new one. The ba- basically for consoles the first online game obviously it didn't have the advanced features as the mmo does now but for back then it was the first generation and then real quick house of the dead i don't know if you guys remember that that was my shit so my mom had bought the typing version of it because you know typing the dead. so you had to type yeah type in the name of the uh of whatever they, they sent you you know, using that home row because maybe speaking wasn't enough apparently so that's you know i'll play that for a little bit that was my introduction to House of the Dead. Before we uh, go on to more games, what are some features that you say will stand out to you? You said the online feature uh, stood out to you, but were you able to play online or any other game uh, peripherals you were able to, to use with the Dreamcast? Um, online was just a fantasy star, but like the one thing that did stick out um, was the remote, like Ron said, how big it was. Um, but then, like, I know like, it's it sucked at the time, but, like, Look at the Xbox, the first one now. Like you guys said, it kind of took remnants from the Dreamcast remote. Uh, also, the memory card went inside the remote, which was pretty cool at the time. And I don't know if many people knew this. The the memory card, once you pulled it out, had its own library of games. So you could actually play some yeah. games on the memory card. And but the, biggest thing, but the biggest thing for me, you guys remember the Dreamcast had four ports to connect remotes. So you could yeah. play up to four remotes from the 64. Yep. It was a nice amalgam of that, like you just said, from the 64 and then the uh, the removable remote thing, trying to do some type of mobile gaming. I remember uh, taking care of my child from Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 on the little remote. Uh, what about you, Ron? What are some games that stuck out to you and what are some features that you uh, that stuck out to you as a child? I mean, obviously, the, men- the memory card stuck on me. I always thought that was so dope. That was like the little Tamagotchi in your little controller. Mm-hmm. I used I used to love that that memory card. That was such that was that was just well you love. I mean now we got the cloud, so we got 
no use for those kind of things. But that definitely that definitely was dope back then. But the games that that I remember super fondly was like Power Stone. That was so good. That was, and people don't know that that was like a like a like a what's the game Smash Brothers. That was like Smash yep, Brothers first Smash back Brothers then. basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was basically Smash Brothers, and that was so much fun. Yet again, you got the four ports. You, you just call your friends, bring your controller, and then you would just play that for hours. Um, Shemu, I love Shemu. I didn't play the third one, but I love Shemu. That that game was just way ahead of its time, and one of the reasons why it failed because the Dreamcast also failed was because it was they spent so much money making it, and then it just ain't make the money back. I think the first one they like it cost them like almost a hundred million dollars to make it, and it made only like twelve back. So, um, Co Veronica, that was uh, that was a, that was a mm-hmm. that's exclusive. That gets that's a, that's one of the that's one of the Resident Evil games that just gets lost to the wind because, or that's just a good game in general that just gets lost to the wind because it was just people didn't play it. Soul Cobb, we already mentioned Virtual Fighter. That was actually one of my favorite fighting games. I really didn't care for fighting games. Like I love Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter going up, but once it got to the 3D realm, I didn't really care for fighting games. It was Soul Calibur, but Virtual Fighter. Man, that game had me hooked. All the combos, all the all the reverses, all that stuff you can do, like like that. That just showed you that basically made the baseline for all the games that came out, like Dead or Alive and stuff. Yeah, I'm about like to that. say Dead or Alive was on this, right? Part two. Dead or Alive, yeah, Dead or Alive, the original one, yeah, the original one, yeah. Yeah. All right, so yeah, it's me. I mean, the controller piece, like you said, I love the controller. Um, that's one of the things I would like take apart it and mod, uh, like color or whatever. I remember having a fishing rod um, <laughs> peripheral. What? I remember. Not only they had that. Yeah, I so that. I remember using it. I think it was for like the sea bass game. Yeah, um, Sega bass fishing. That was my shit. Yeah, and then um, I, I think I tried to use it for for Sonic because you get to play as Big the Cat and you get to fish. But I'm not sure if it worked or not. Um, but I remember that being a really hard time. Just even with the controller recently, I always do Big the Cat first, just get it out the way. <laughs> um, so I unlock it. But some of the games that I remember playing was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Yep. It really got me, like I mentioned last episode, into different genres of music. And then eventually, you know, elevated to Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I mean, um, Tony Hawk's Underground 1 and 2, which are still some of the best games ever made. Marvel vs. Capcom Clash of Superheroes. Now that wow. was really good. Yeah, the two v two battles. I forgot about that one. Yep. And then uh, the sequel. Remember Ron? A couple years ago, we played Marvel vs. Capcom at the at the uh, at that arcade, and those dudes yeah. wanted to fight. <laughs> yeah. You lose so bad, you want to fight in real life. Yeah. You lose. You lose so bad the game. You just want to call me, have me have somebody in real life. We were like kids. These dudes were like thirty years old. Remember? <laughs> yep. What are y'all doing? Hey, uh, but, uh, Cliff. This was Blue Stinger, right? Those out to me. Hey, Blue Stinger was here. Yeah, I mean, I was coming up on that. <laughs> Blue Stinger was definitely on here. I, someone else in our Discord played it too, what's, so I wasn't the, the only I, one. I didn't. Uh, I didn't play. Uh, I didn't play one game. Uh, that Dragoon game, I think Panzer Dragoon. I never Panzer played Dra- it, but mm-hmm. apparently that was a cult favorite too. Just I played the. Mention. I played the remake of whatever they made on the Xbox, the original Xbox. I think they always resell it as a part of the um, backwards compatibility. Because this is one of the first couple games that came out with it. But that was a, a on-rail type shooter, like you said. But other than that, like I said, I didn't play too many games on here, but those really stuck out the most. And, of course, a House of the Dead typing game that I had. All right, guys. So does Sega, have, as a company, have enough support to launch other consoles? Do you think that they'll try to re-enter the race? Because nowadays it seems to be the big two. We have the PlayStation 5 coming out, any Xbox One Series X, Y, Z coming out. <laughs> we already, 
<laughs> we have the Nintendo Switch, so it seems like they're kind of pivoting completely to like they're going in their own lane. So it seems like just to be these these two big juggernauts. Do you think there's a space for for Sega to come back in a big way, or do you think they'll just stick to third party games? They're just gonna stick to third party games. That's what I think they'll do at least. Um, Better. Yeah, they come out with a. It's too late to be coming out with a gaming system right now. I know Amazon or Google's doing it, and then Apple has their own thing. Yeah, yeah and I don't even know how they're doing, so I'm assuming they're not doing too great. I haven't heard anything about nope. it besides the release, so I can only assume what's going on there. But Sega just needs to just keep pumping out video games for like to each major systems. Like other than that, yeah. But I don't see that there's room for them in the gaming console industry at least. Yeah, that's one thing that's not even in the conversations of Stadia. I mean, they had a really revolutionary kind of idea. And if it worked, the infrastructure worked, I, I see myself doing that. You know, traveling, going to see family, or even just going house to house. Having to not worry about taking your whole console. I remember whenever I go to Texas, I take the whole console with me. And it's kind of a hassle. So, yeah, I guess they do have a lane there. If they do want to go digital or um, handheld. But what about you, Ron? Do you think that you would buy something? They like, say... Next year, there's a Dreamcast 2 coming out. It's going to be the same type of specs as Xbox and PlayStation. Do you think there's something that you would consider buying? Uh, would I consider it? I mean, I'll, probably, just out of nostalgia reasons. But would I probably actually purchase it? No, because, what? I mean, they will probably have, of course, a few, a few exclusives. But what you going, what you going to sell me that I already played? You going to sell me another Sonic? I mean, that'd be fun. Like a newer Sonic, a newer Shenmue, you can't do that. Microsoft already owns the rights to all that stuff. So... I mean, would I be interested? You know, but I don't think they should do it. It's not infeasible. Look at Stadia. Stadia tried to jump on the market, and they, they got slapped, bro. They got slapped, like, big time. That I Apple mean, streaming thing got slapped, too. It was, Yeah, and I mean, I get it. It's Google. Like, they just did it for fun, to be honest with you. They, like, they just did it for fun. Like, just to see if they can, which is cool. Like, you got the money. Go ahead. Do you, boo-boo. But that John, that got slapped. So there's just no way that another console <laughs> they they monopolize it where another console can't even try to come in the market, even if it wanted to. It could have it could run a hundred times like better, and it just won't work because if that's the case, then you would just get a PC. So there's just no space. They already won. Game's yes. over. Like Nintendo's going in a different like a, in a different lane, like you said, and that's what they should do because the Wii was a huge success. They they sold like 500 million uh uh units of that, and that's crazy. 500 million units of a console. Like that's absolutely nuts. Go check yeah. those. Go check those numbers in comparison. They 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 literally beat out PlayStation and Xbox put together, just by selling that Wii. So they can mm-hmm. they can do whatever they want, and they should they should they should go that route. They shouldn't do all the extra upgrades and stuff like that. Because do you really want to see Mario 4K HD? Like no, I don't. I don't care if he looks like that. I just care. Give me that Mario. gritty Mario remake where he's like. <laughs> uh, Bowser has, has killed Peach now, and he's like got the grizzled beard and stuff. I'm going yeah. to get you. <laughs> yeah, if you want to give me, yeah, if you want to sell me the dark version of Mario, yeah, let's get it because I mean, <laughs> I think it, I think it, I always thought it was interesting that Peach always ended up in Bowser's castle, and she's like, oh, come save me, nah, that's something, something right with that. I got some plenty of stuff on YouTube, as I said before. Like I like the lore videos, like just the history of stuff, and there's plenty of things saying that uh, Peach, you know, is going over there. And then Mars is finding out. Yeah, yeah. Mars is finding out. Like, I'm going to save her. Like, no, I'm good over here. <laughs> don't save her. She don't want to be saved. Don't save her. <laughs> yeah, definitely. As you said, these two juggernaut companies that try to get in the game, you have Google with the uh, the Stadia. Even uh, NVIDIA with their gaming console. Um, Steam tried to put something out. And, yeah, it's just the monopoly is just so large. And then the, the history of the, the Sega Dreamcast in the uh, Sega Saturn are really doing too well. 
they kind of lost that karma. Now, if they were still putting out consoles, I could see them maybe entering the lane. I pos- I honestly think they should do something uh, handheld if they were to try to come back out, really capitalize on with the, the game card and, and really try the, to go against Nintendo. And, and then here's the thing. They, just they make sure that do shit that. don't got eight batteries. Well, well for dope. sure, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, they the, could, the they screen could, took yeah. up little, little, just a little space. The batteries took up more space than the damn screen on the on the Game Gear. And not to mention the, how much power that shit took up. You have to buy batteries the next day. <laughs> I think I think that uh, they they could do something like that, but given given the layout, given the layout of the what we see going on, they also don't have any rights to any of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Microsoft owns everything, all their best things. Banjo Kazooie, even Sonic, like Shenmue, they own the rights to all that stuff. Soul Calibur, you, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So oh, even if they wanted to, they would just have to make new IPs, which which we all know is is time and investments. And and it, God forbid, if your first four games you put on that that handheld is not good, it's just it's just a flop because you're not getting Animal Crossing, you're not getting all those other things. So. They they they're just they just mind they just better stay third party. I don't know why they don't pump out better third party games. That's that's my question. Uh, they, sure have, they, they, a... they rely on a bunch of publishers. My bad. So yeah, they're the big publisher, but they rely on a lot of developers. So you think about Bayonetta, that was made by Sega technically, and that was a really good game. And then we have the Soul Caliber. I mean, not Soul Caliber. Um, oh, never mind. That that was canceled. Just said radio. But what you gonna say, Dave, about this? Uh, I'm sure they sold all those rights just to save whatever left they had of the company yeah of course um, that's what i'm saying what i think they should do though probably obviously just keep making third-party games for each of the publishers and whatnot and i think they should move towards like uh mobile gaming like cell phone wise like release all your like old retro games on like on an iphone ios or android store give me zombie ate my neighbors just yeah, give it to that, me i want that, it now that take shinobi, my money like give me shinobi i'll be cool with that on handheld like uh, cliff was saying i like shinobi what was, that, what was that street? What was that street game? That beat 'em up game where you could pick up the knives and stuff Streets like that. Of what was the called? Streets of Rage. Streets, Streets of Rage. Wasn't that? Yo, the same game? Give me yo, that. Give they me got that. another one coming out. The nice. sequel. Take my money. Just take my money. The sequel looks nice. I love Streets of Rage. I had it on one of them compilation cartridges too. It was like five or six different yeah. games. Yeah. I had. I had one of those too. I had one of those too where it had everything on it. The Pac Man had everything on it. You, you ever played Golden Axe? I remember yes. that game. Yes. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. Actually, about that? Actually, let's talk about some old school Sega games, man. Like, that was a really good console. I had that probably longer than any other console. You know, growing up without a lot of bread, you can't buy new consoles. So when you go to, to uh, like, secondhand stores, and especially flea markets, uh, we used to go to flea markets all the time, you could just buy a ton of cartridges for, like, 20 bucks. Yeah. Yep, same I thing. I see, yep. I see the same thing. And you and you definitely find some gems. I remember there's on the, on the Sega... There's a there's a Home Alone game on there, and mm-hmm. yes. I don't care what anybody say. That game was underrated. It was really good. Yeah. It, yeah, it was so much fun, bro. It was so much fun. Like you know, just tra- traversing through the house and stuff like that. It was obviously a slider for the, probably those who probably think it was open world or something like that. And it was super fun. Like we played that for hours, and we grabbed that yet again in the bin, like you said, for like twenty cents or something like that. What about uh I know y'all played um that double dragon on that double dragon yes contra I like Earth- that. <laughs> Earthworm. y'all played that earthworm gym on that that was my shit back in the day altered beast how'd I forget about altered beast man y'all can't forget about vector man now y'all play vector man vector <laughs> man I never I didn't hear this one the dude uh, made of blue balls <laughs> uh-huh. and he was like shooting he was shooting out stars out of his hand it looked really dope 
he he was like the basically the Michelin Man sorta. Um, he's just orbs stacked on top of each other, and it was a side-scrolling game, and you shot like stars or whatever, and it was it looked pretty nice at the time. I think they they made a remake, like a gritty remake, where he was like this guy who uh, was like unstable chemicals inside of his suit that looked like the old Vector Man, and it didn't do too well. But there you go. That's an old old classic there. Yeah, I remember one of the Sonic games where you get to put another cartridge on top of it. I think it was Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, yeah. And then you threw Sonic, Sonic, and Knuckles and you yeah, put the you threw Sonic 3 on top of it. Yo, that was my shit, man. Sonic Knuckles yeah. Old school. When you had to go... Slam that joint in there, too. Slam that joint in there. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a resurgence of games like Super Monkey Ball. Um, I think they have something. Some of the characters pop up on some of the uh, like Smash Brothers games, like you guys mentioned earlier. And then Nights into Dreams. Did, did you guys ever play this game? That sounds familiar, though. Sounds very familiar. So I remember reading the comic books, too, before I even played the game. I, I saw it on Sega Saturn. I read the comic books and then I played the game. It was really interesting. It's just basically you're this avatar of these kids' dreams and the world is, um, it doesn't have a linear balance or whatever, so it's constantly flips upside down and to the side and the perspective constantly changes and you're trying to do objectives. It was really nauseating, but really, really, really fun. And the sequel didn't do too good, so there's no sequel coming out for that uh, anytime soon. The Sega Genesis was what introduced me to Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct. I think it was Sega that had Killer Instinct. Oh, I love it. Killer Instinct. I love them 252 combos. Yeah, Killer Instinct combo. That's what they call that, Joe. That shit was dope, man. Combo breaker. <laughs> Still punching them. I mean, that joint free on Xbox One. I played Legend, it when it first came out. Legend has it. Someone's still doing a combo from 95. Right. <laughs> still getting trashed. All right, y'all. It seems like we've exhausted our, our um, the topic this this week. I mean, the Dreamcast was a classic, definitely uh, underrepresented. And you know, if you could go out and look at some gameplay for some of the old old classics that we won't see any sequels to, definitely go out and check that out. And if you're able to play Sonic Adventure One and Two, we didn't even talk about Shadow the Hedgehog. True, I didn't like Houston. it. You didn't I didn't like it. it. Shadow was my well, dude, not the game man. Shadow the Hedgehog. That game was garbage. But I'm saying, as far as like him being a Sonic Adventure two. Oh, I liked that. I didn't like that. I didn't. I didn't. My side. I didn't like that Shadow one. When he had the guns, no, I'm that was trash, bro. Let's act like that never even happened. Shadow one quick no oh, games. I, I didn't mention it last week. The music in Sonic Adventure two, bro. Bro, I still I played a knuckle soundtrack. Bro, he used so to surf bad. down the street. What's not to like? <laughs> What's not Dude. to like? I think I think for those who haven't played it, I'm not gonna say go out and buy and buy all the games because obviously they'll be trash now. But just watch, just 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 go YouTube it or something. Just YouTube like a playthrough of Shemu or something like this. YouTube Power Stone, and you're gonna see why those games were so much fun. I'm sorry, Imagine man. that's I'm crazy. Gonna, thing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real good. with you. I can't play that Shenmue even back then. Like I, nah, that I loved it. Wasn't, it wasn't I loved it for it. me. I remember one time you you messaged me, yo, they bringing Shenmue three back. I'm like, what? I went back, man. I was like, nah, it wasn't for me, man. I it just kind of washed over you, like, okay, yeah. it's coming out, okay. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, Power Stone came out right now. There's plenty of those kind of games out, like including Smash Brothers. So it probably wouldn't have a good audience now. But back then, bro, that was the original Smash Brothers. 
All right, y'all. We're about to head out today. Um, of course, we're going to announce the Nintendo Switch giveaway winner. And the winner is Shelvin, a follower on Instagram. Thank you so much for following and participating. We really appreciate it. Of course, we're going to be running more giveaways in the near future, so be on the lookout. Make sure that you're following us on both Instagram and Twitter to be notified of giveaways in the near future. And of course, if you're an avid listener, you'll learn as things develop. Before we get out of here, let's get into our question of the week. Uh, this week, did you buy or play the Dreamcast? So did you ever see it around? Uh, did you have it in your own home? Did you ever experience this? I know we have a couple younger audience members here, too. Um, did any of your older siblings or your parents, did they have any Dreamcast? Or do you know anything about this lost console? All right. If did so, you know, or did, did you people, know any, did People you know be like, what's a Dreamcast? About, exactly. <laughs> did you know anything about this console prior to this episode? <laughs> Right, right. Definitely look it up. I'm trying to tell you. It's one of the, the lost consoles that I think made a, a, a really good pathway for the for yeah. my gaming. It, it made it hindsight it made a huge impact on the games and consoles that we got. Yeah, Sony was a, a major publisher back then. Major. And they had two mishaps back to back, the Saturn and the Dreamcast, which kind of threw them into obscurity to just be a publisher. But uh, right. it's it's crazy to think how even the PS2 did so well. The PS2 did so well because obviously it had really good games, but but DVD, it played DVDs was a huge seller. DVD players were like two hundred fifty dollars back then. So why not buy this PlayStation for three hundred dollars and play games and DVDs? Yeah. 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 That was a that was a huge that they 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 pushed that so hard that even grandmoms was buying it to watch DVDs, not even knowing it was a console. So that's the reason why the PS2 did so well. So imagine if the Dreamcast played DVDs, it would have been straight. I don't care what Sony say; they were scared of the Dreamcast. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they they had some tough competition there with those game titles, but you know, PlayStation made it out on top. And who knows? Maybe in the future we'll have another type of gaming console to to. Compete yes. with these. Yeah, two. I mean, who knows? Five years from now, maybe Stadia is on top. You never know. No, I'm good. I doubt that, but we'll see. I highly, <laughs> hey, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. That thing got pooped on, man. Go check those numbers, man. I didn't even check, but I know it got pooped on. I, I'm They're going to have to revolutionize another type of technology, like a peripheral. Like if they come out, like this is the haptic right, so here's the thing. device that, or, or that VR. Joint, that joint was just you know, playing. For Sega. That joint was just playing other games from the other system, so why would I buy that right. when I already got right. the system? It, and, and here, for a person who, who for a person who you guys know who watch the stock stuff like that, like I'm super interested in financing and stuff like that. So for me to watch that, and I know I don't even have to see, I don't have to Google the numbers to know they did bad because I seen their stock drop really bad once they announced they were even doing that game. That's just first off, and two, as far as you said, peripherals. Yeah, Google owns a lot of like technology sources obviously you know they're they're looking into you know uh virtual reality like a lot so that's probably that probably be their next uh uh console they're probably just i my my idea is that they're getting on the market now just so they can have a name and then when stadia 2 come out it's gonna be probably completely different for all we know if they the need to really actual- lean into that ar because they had the, the google glasses years ago which i was excited to get even though i wouldn't be able to afford it at the time if eventually they would like make up make different versions that are affordable for just lay folks but then they right. go and pivot this way that's like like i said it was kind of ambitious because i see right. myself getting it as someone who like depending on what assignment we're on we, we travel around so that makes sense i'm not taking my xbox right. on a plane but, uh, but but that's another the other thing. companies wasn't 
wasn't willing to. to but here's the, but here's the reason that. why because there's no market for that. Like you just said, right? Right. The, it's a very small market. Yeah, it's a, a small market. And for instance, like you said, yeah, we're interested because we like gaming, we like tech. So, but like you just said, it's too expensive. I don't, I don't want to spend four thousand dollars for some glasses that I'm probably only gonna wear, like you said, when I'm traveling or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's it. That's the thing. So, but if it was a lot of rich people that was interested in it, it, it obviously it would have a huge market, and then people buy. It, but there's no market for it. They have it. They just got the technology sitting in the tuck. So when they find a cheaper way to make it, where they can make it cheaper, that's when they're gonna bring it out. But like Cliff just said, like he would buy it for like traveling purposes. But would you even have your saved data from other games? Like, say you playing uh, Destiny on your Xbox. Oh, let me bring Stadia with me. It's portable, whatever. Are you gonna have your Destiny save, or are you gonna start all the way back over? So bringing it so to the, travel with you would kind of be pointless too. Then you better you better pay for that cloud. You better pay right, for that cloud. Right. So yeah, it would definitely have to be a, a free, substantial amount of cr- cloud service because that's one of the reasons why Destiny was the launch title because they did the whole uh, cross save. That's why I have the you know on my PC and uh, on the Xbox. But anyways, if they only give you what like ten gigs of space. And then right. you have to buy up for the twenty and fifteen. Then it's like, all right, now you're trying to gouge me. Eighty, yeah. How many? How many gigs? At least. And then, and then so it's gonna be, and then it's gonna be like a monthly fee for like, uh, you're gonna be paying a subscription fee for like gigabyte data, basically. No, I'm good. Because mm-hmm. you gotta buy the DLC and, and the upgrades or the updates. They happen what every four weeks. You gotta update it. Right. Yeah. Long all right, story so. short, long story short, people, Stadia is dead in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Much like our friend Dreamcast, but definitely it's worth going back looking through that catalog if you can. If you could pick one up that works, definitely pick one up. I know there's plenty of people who are out there who have the whole catalog of uh, Dreamcast games. Whenever I go to conferences, game conferences, they always have one there and I pick it up. So definitely pick this up if you can. You'll find it for dirt cheap online, I'm pretty sure. Just to give it a shot. eBay, Dreamcast, it's 20 bucks, bro. I'd buy another Dreamcast before I buy Stadia. Oh, and with that, <laughs> we're going to say thank you so much for, for joining us this week. Uh, we hope that you take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and see you next time. Later. <laughs>